us from, from getting the word of God on today. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, in Jesus' name. Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. And I want to look at verse 43. Luke chapter 4, verse 43. And let's hear what God has to say. And this is St. Luke, which come after Mark. Hallelujah. And the word of God reads. And he said unto them, this is Jesus, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. Let me read it again. And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore am I sent. So Jesus was speaking to the disciples. He was speaking to the people. He was telling them that he must go and preach the kingdom of God to other cities, for therefore I am sent. So I want to talk about sent to preach the kingdom. Sent to preach the kingdom. That's what we want to talk about today. God put that on my heart because this is one thing he had asked me. And I want to ask you. He said, where is the church? Where is the church? And this time dealing with the pandemic, some of the church cannot be found. It is time for the church to rise up. To be whom God has called them to be. The church is sitting down and they're acting just like the world. And they're doing just what the world is doing. But the Holy Spirit is reminding me, some of us have been sitting down before the pandemic. We have just been coming to church, leaving the church, not even bringing our Bibles to the church. Some of us may have iPhones, we may have iPads, we'll turn them on and try to follow. And some of us don't even follow along while the word of God is being read. See, when you honor God's word, you want to open it up and you want to follow along with what God is saying. That's why we have Bibles. We don't just come in the church empty handed. We come and we are prepared to hear what the word of God has to say unto us because faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. Remember, I was teaching on put no trust in no man. I know I love the word of God and I love him, but still you need to be following along in the word because sometimes things can be said that the word of God did not say. And those are the things that you have to go back on and say, Lord, give me understanding of that verse. I heard what apostle Amanda said, but I need understanding for myself. God don't want us to take away from the word. He don't want us to add to the word. When you get too comfortable with man, you begin to trust man to the point you don't even open your word to check it out. I don't care who it is. You're supposed to check out for yourself. You're supposed to search the scriptures for yourself and see what the word has to say unto you. By you searching those scriptures for yourself, you can come in connection with me with what God has spoken unto me because this is his word. His word is not going to change. I may change, you may change, but God's word doesn't change. And if we have a close connection with him, we're not going to be like a windshield wiper. 
We're not going to be all over the place. Every time, you know, the windshield wipers, some of them are automatic. When a little bit of rain hit the windshield, it comes on. So we want to be steady. We want to be steady. We want to make sure that when we go into this word, we can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord. And y'all, it takes time. We cannot just read the word, but not go back and study and meditate on the word. It's more than just reading and giving your opinion. We don't give our opinion on what we think or just just keep reading a couple of scriptures and then we just talking about it. No, we don't want to just talk about it. We want to have some revelation behind what we read. It's not just gathering up the word of God and saying, I gave you the word of God. You got to read it. You got to study it. You got to meditate on it and then you can live it. So when you get ready to present this word, people know who you've been with. Some of us just read and people know that's all you're doing is reading because it's not stirring up that life that's on the inside of people. So you just can't just go in there and say, I'm just going to take this right here and not do nothing with it because God's word is life. So when you go into the word of life, you're saying, I want this word to become a part of me. I want the words of life to come off the pages and get deep down in my heart. So I want to stay here because I believe God is saying something to me. So when God gave me this verse of scripture saying how Jesus said that he was going to other cities as well to preach, to proclaim, preach means to proclaim. And let me help some people to understand. Sometimes when people look at preach or they look at preacher, they feel like other people cannot preach. They cannot proclaim. All of us are sent. We are on a commission for the Lord, for God. So Jesus knew his purpose. He knew why he was sent. It was to preach the kingdom, but he cannot preach something he does not understand. And this is what's happening with the church. God is giving you the word of God. He gives you the word of life. But when you have no understanding of that word, you going out and doing your own thing. You're trying to make the word work. You don't have to make the word work. Jesus knew that he was the word. He knew that the words that he was speaking was coming from the father. So he knew if they were coming from the father, they're going to show forth. They're going to manifest what he has already spoken. Our problem is we're speaking it, but we're not looking for no showing forth because we don't believe that the word work. Why speak the word if you ain't believing the word? Because the moment you speak that word, you should know that that word was already at work. But we're not in it long enough to know that the word is working because we're looking at physical. You got to look at spiritual. You are a spiritual being. It happens first in the spirit. And as you grab hold to what has already happened in the spirit, you can live physically according to the spirit and not according to your flesh. But when we're not in there long enough, we're trying in and everything to make it work. That's not what Jesus done. See, Jesus was sent to give you the good news. What is the good news concerning the kingdom of God? Because we're in a warfare. There is the kingdom of the world. There is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of heaven. The Bible used the kingdom of God interchangeably. When you see the kingdom of heaven, it's still the kingdom of God. 
So this is what Jesus came to bring. Why did he come to bring this? Why did he come? Because he knew that the world was so evil. He knew that Satan was the God of this world. This is why when Jesus came in on the scene, he said, repent. He said, I want you to think differently. He said, the only way I can get you to think differently is to bring in another kingdom. See, he had to bring in another kingdom in order for them to think differently. He had to show them God's kingdom because they were so used to the kingdom of the world that he said, I got to change your thinking. I want you to think differently. That's what repent mean here. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus was bringing the kingdom. The kingdom was within him. So Jesus had to show forth the kingdom. Go to Luke 8. Verse 1, it says, and it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Look what Jesus did. He went to every city. He went to every, it said every city and village. And he was preaching the kingdom. He was showing forth the kingdom. You can't just preach the kingdom without showing forth the kingdom. Because whatever you preach concerning the kingdom, there should be a showing forth from what you are preaching. God is just not going to allow you to bring the kingdom without manifestation of the kingdom. So if you're talking about the kingdom, there should be some manifestation through what you're talking about. There should be a witness. So we don't just tell people the word of God. The word of God is going to bring forth what you're telling. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus had to bring the kingdom. And the thing was, God couldn't find no one. No one out there. There was no man out there. So God said, I have to come off my throne. And I have to live as a mere human being to show y'all about the kingdom of God. He said, I have to show y'all my way of living. Understand this. God's way of living is different from the world's way. You cannot bring them together. They are separate kingdoms. But the Bible says God's kingdom rules over all. And Psalms 103, his kingdom rules over all. His kingdom is superior to every other kingdom. That's why he's king of kings. That's why he's king of kings. Y'all don't get it? King of kings. He's over every kingdom. And that's what we have to understand. That's why I have been teaching on knowing God. You have to get to know God for yourself. You have to know that he's El El Yon, the most high God. He's above all other gods. And until you know that, you're going to keep trying to look for other gods to fix you. To do what you want to do. Money has become a God. People are relying more now on money than they are on God. Guess what? Money, when you put money in your hands, as soon as you put it in your hands, it take off and run. Have y'all noticed that? I remember when I was growing up, we was working for our uncle and we used to go with him to clean the moose lodge. And every Saturday we would get up and had to be there around about 5, 36 o'clock. He would give us two dollars, y'all. And we thought we had some money. We would get up that early for two dollars. But then the thing was, what happened before we got back home, we had already ate it up. 
We went just for two dollars and then that wouldn't even get us everything we wanted. You buy a hot dog, you didn't have too much left, but it helped us to learn responsibility. It wasn't really about the money. It was helping us to learn how to get up early and work. And I loved it because he showed us how to work. And my uncle, he was the type when he took us, I remember I would ask him, my aunt would love to go to yard sales and she would say, let's go to this yard sale. She had to beg him. So when we would go to the yard sale, we only had two dollars. So we'll go to him and say, can you give me some money for this? But $2 was a lot back then. But as you grew up and you got older, seemed like, you know, $2 was good, but $5 was better. You thought you really had money. But now that we have gotten older, when somebody give you a $100 bill, it's like a dollar to you now. It's not big no more because once you break that $100 bill, what happens is it's taking legs and it's running away. You know, as soon as you put it in your hand, it's gone. Now, a hundred up to a thousand is nothing to people no more. Because you go in the store and you begin to shop. You look, you don't have that thou that you used to have before. It leaves you. But the Bible says the word of God is going to endure forever. It never runs out. No matter what situation you have, the word of God is there to cover that situation, to take care of that situation. Because God had already made um, provision for every situation that will come up in our lives through his word. So we got to get to know y'all church folks, the kingdom and the way the kingdom operate. The kingdom is totally different to the world. We look upside down. That's how we supposed to look. We supposed to look so different from the world that they know that we're from another kingdom, that they know that we're not from around here. I remember when um, daddy and them wouldn't allow us to go out, y'all. So we had to sneak out. And I mean, we done some sneaking, too. And when we would sneak out and go to these clubs and stuff. And when we would go, they would ask me, they said, where are you from? And I would say, I'm from here. No, you're not. You're not from here. I said, yes, I am. I'm really from here. See, they didn't see my face in the place all the time. So I didn't look familiar to them. But everybody else who was coming in there every weekend, they knew them by name. They knew everything about them. But me, they didn't know much about me because I didn't stay in the club. That was not my home. So the thing that I'm telling you is when you become so familiar with God's way of doing things, people are going to look at you different. They're going to look at you like something is wrong with you. Something is not right with you. That's not the way we live. But that's the way I live because I'm from another kingdom. So you got to understand that the place that you are from, that's the place you're supposed to represent. That's why in Philippians, the third chapter, it tells us that we are ambassadors. No, we are citizens of heaven. That means if we're citizens of heaven, everything that we need, heaven got our back. If you're a citizen of heaven, God got everything that you need. You should not be worried about your needs because he said, I have already supplied all of your needs even before you ask me. God have already made provision for everything we need before we even ask. He said, I know what you're in the need of before you ask because that's kingdom. That is kingdom. So we as being citizens of God, we should know that all of our needs are met. But one thing that we got to understand, God have laws 
in his kingdom. And we have to abide by his laws, the law of his kingdom. And his laws is different from the world's laws. See, God has his own government set up for his kingdom. So we have to learn how his government works. See, we're citizens in that kingdom, but we're ambassadors as well, where we represent him according to 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. We are ambassadors of Christ. So we represent him here on this earth. But how can you represent a kingdom that you don't know nothing about? This is why when Jesus started out, y'all, understand this, you got to be equipped for this kingdom. You cannot be a, an, an ambassador carrying God's word without being equipped with his power, without being equipped with the fruit of the spirit, without being equipped with the gifts of the spirit. Because being that you are part of his kingdom, his kingdom rules over all. So whatever come up upon you, God has equipped you to handle it. And one thing that we have to have always with us is the word of God. So we see that Jesus, even before his ministry began, Jesus had to be equipped for this ministry. Jesus had to be baptized, y'all. He had to be baptized. The Holy Spirit come what upon him? And it come on him just like a dove. It rested upon him. That was the power of God that showed up upon Jesus. So after Jesus got baptized, y'all, that's when his ministry began. We got some people out here thinking that they're okay to go out and do the Lord's work, but they don't even have the power that is needed to do the work of God. He's not going to send you, not unless you are equipped for what he has sent you to do. We got so many people talking about Jesus, but they're not being about Jesus because they don't even know about Jesus. We got people living wopsided. We got Christians, and this is what the Lord was uh, sharing with me. He said the reason why the people in the world is still acting the same is because of the church. It's because of the church. We as the church supposed to show the world how it should be done. How God has already set up things. We supposed to represent him to the point that when the world is doing something that is not right, we show up and show, tell them this is what the kingdom does. This is how the kingdom reacts to this. But we done joined in so much with what the world is doing that they can't even see Jesus. They can't even see what God has already done. And we're wondering, why is this pandemic lasting so long? Why is this stuff still going on? See, God is still raising up the church. He's still separating the sheep from the goat. He's still separating what? The wheat from the tare. He's still separating because during this pandemic, church folks are showing up to be hypocrites. God had to show you the real deal. Mega churches is shutting down. People are beginning to prophesy even more to try to draw people unto them. And God ain't said it. Most of y'all have been watching the lying prophets. And God warned you before all of this came. Some people that you've been depending on, that you've been watching, it's going to hurt you when they fail you. You got some people now that's trying to talk right just to join in now. They wasn't talking right before. But now they're trying to talk right to get more followers. But I'm here to tell you, if your heart ain't right, it's going to show up. People are after money now because they're losing the crowds. 
People are getting their own platform. You know why? Because the sheep are scattered. The sheep are trying to find somewhere to go. So they're creating their own platform. They're creating their own way of living. They got prayer lines and want people to join in and haven't even been taught. They got prophets out there that God didn't even call to be a prophet. And some of y'all are watching them and saying, yes, Lord, because you figure they're given a word from the Lord. If you can't hear God for yourself. Why are you taking in somebody else's voice? You got to know when God is speaking. You open up Facebook. Everybody got a platform. Everybody got something to say about God, but living foul. Come on, you know them by their fruit. Because people want to draw attention to themselves. But Jesus came to bring the kingdom. He didn't come. It wasn't about him. He always talked about his father. He always talked about God's way of doing things. He said, I only say what the father say. I only do what the father do. The only reason I'm doing it because I'm seeing my father. I'm seeing what my father want done. That That's why you have to spend time with him. You can't just jump up to make your flesh feel good. See, some of us, we don't want nobody over us. We want to, you know, go by ourselves. We don't want nobody telling us nothing because we think we know. So Jesus, this is what he did. He got baptized. See, he's showing us God's way. He's showing us the kingdom. You don't just open up the word of God and just read it. You got to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, why was this said? What does that have to do with me? Because if we're disciples, we are learners of Christ. We're supposed to follow him. We're supposed to follow his examples. Example, we're supposed to be imitators of Christ. Everything that he did, we're supposed to do. Why do y'all think immediately when Jesus said, repent, think differently, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus knew that they were in darkness, so Jesus was bringing light from the kingdom. So after that, guess what he did? He got some disciples. He got some followers. And it was more than 12. It called out these 12 here. But Jesus had more disciples. But he chose 12. And we're going to get into that. This is why you need to be up under people that know what the word of God is saying. Not just hollering and screaming and saying, God, uh and he said, uh and he will do. It's okay to do all that. If you're teaching somebody something, you got to be cut off. See, Jesus had to die to himself, y'all. So he had to teach his disciples how to die to self first. How did he do that? Okay, the kingdom is different from the world, right? So what was he telling his disciples? You got to leave all. You got to deny yourself and then take up your cross. And follow me. Nobody don't want to. Some people ain't going to say nobody because offense will come. And I don't want to cause you to stumble over that word. But some people don't want to deny themselves. Because they feel like they're all this in a bag of chips. They feel like if God don't allow them to do certain things, then they don't want to do nothing. I had many people to come in and out of this church. And they felt like they know. They already know. So they don't want to sit there and be taught. 
Then the devil send people to speak in their ear and say, you know you're a prophet, don't you? Have she told you you were a prophet? You, you a mouthpiece. See, the devil come in. And true that, as Willie say, that might be true. But God got to clean you up. God got to get you right for what he called you to do. Because a prophet has to be close to the word of God. If the prophet is going to be a mouthpiece for God, you got to know what the word is saying from God. And if you ain't spending time in the word and you're gossiping and you're backbiting and you're jealous and you're envy of everybody. Come on, God say, I can't send you out any kind of way. I can't let you be a carrier of my word and you ain't ready to deny yourself. He said, when you deny yourself, your flesh hurts. He said, your flesh hurts so bad, you know that God's in the midst of it. Because that flesh is cringing. Because God say, now I want you to quit your shopping. Your flesh begin to cringe because you know that shopping is what carry you through the week. So he said, I want you to lay aside that shopping. I want you to take the money that you're spending shopping and I want you to give it to the poor. What? Say what? Do you know God how much that is? Your closet is already full, way over what you need. Half of the stuff still got price tags on it, and you still shopping. Can you deny yourself of that and take up the cross and begin to follow me? Matter of fact, put them clothes in the bag with tags on them. Walk through the mall with them and see who can fit them and say, you don't need to go in that store today here. Come on, that's denying yourself of you. So those disciples had to, first of all, deny themselves. Jesus was teaching them the way of the kingdom. He said, you got to deny yourself. You got to give up things that you want. What are we willing to give up for the kingdom? Some of us are not ready to give up anything for the kingdom because we haven't heard about this kingdom. The gospel, the good news concerning the kingdom have not been preached and proclaimed enough for people to really come into denial. Because when you hear about what this kingdom have, you recognize that I don't need all those things that I have. God has given me all of my need. I may have some wants, but he has given me everything that I'm in the need of. So Jesus said, I want you to deny yourself. So some of those disciples, they were working. And let me say this, everybody cannot be called off a job because God ain't called everybody to not have one. He know the ones he can trust. He know the ones that he has raised up to stand in faith. Y'all don't understand. Some people look at me and try to be me. Mm-hmm. Some people look at me and try to be me. If God called her off, he can call me off. If God taking care of her, he can take care of me. You better know that you know that you know that God called you off a job. Oh, y'all, that's some, that's some denying. That's some denying because you got to give up 401k. You got to give up your life. And come on, you got to say, Lord, everything that I have given up, God will give you more. But God will take you through a process. Oh, you better get there. If you can't give $10 to somebody, why are you coming off a job and saying God called me off a job? Because the Bible says when you see someone in need, you don't send them away. 
You supply that need. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Some people just can't give it to apostles. Just some people. Yeah, but the spirit will let you know. But God tests you on your journey. See, I had to be tested, y'all, for the kingdom. God had to see, could I trust him? God had to see if I was going to let go of something that I felt like was supporting me more than he was. So God had to trust me, but God had to get me to the place to trust him. Some people thought I was crazy, that I lost my mind when God said, I'm taking you off that job. But through the process of taking me off, he took that very job to break me to make me. He took that very job for me to humble myself because I was full of some pride. He took that very job when they were doing me wrong and I knew they were doing me wrong. He still said, I want you to be in a humble state because I want the kingdom here on this job. Not you, I want the kingdom. He said, I want them to see my kingdom, not you. I didn't know that was it, y'all. Only thing I know is, oh no, why you, why you telling me? Why don't you tell them? Why you putting work on me? Why don't you put work on them? See, God was preparing me for this ministry. He was showing me how to handle stuff. And then when God got me through it, when I got into the ministry, guess what? I didn't miss anything. Why? Because God showed me how things was going to run before he even put me in the place. If you can't stay on a job and be tested, God cannot use you for his kingdom. If you keep job hopping because it don't feel good, because they done me wrong, God cannot, you, you're not fit for the kingdom. Whoever put their hand to the plow and look back. It's not fit for the kingdom. Did you not know you're going to go through some things? Yeah, God will put you high and he'll bring you low to show you you. He'll put you. Y'all, I was in a position. And hey, God put me there to get me ready for where I am today. But he took me through some things. He went through it with me. He showed me different things. He said, don't you move. You don't move until I tell you. I'm quitting. No, you don't quit. You know why I wanted to quit? Because of my ego. Because of where I sat. And because of how people were going to see me. But God said, it ain't about you. It's about me. And I had to realize, God, it was never about me. It was all about you. You wanted me to bring the kingdom to where I was. You wanted me to show people what true love was. You wanted me to show people how to bless in the midst of people cursing you. You wanted me to show them the kingdom. And the only way I can show them the kingdom is by crucifying this flesh. Flesh had to die. Some of us are not willing to die because we so full of me, myself, and I. We talk about how good God is when the money look good. Yes, we do. God is good. My bills pay. My children all right. Everything is going good. But when the money begin to change and difficult times come, is God still good? Is he the same God that supplied the steak when the money was coming? Yes, he is. But God allow us to go through some testing to show us where we're not in him. He said, I got 
to break you to make you. And sometimes it takes some shakening. It takes shakening. So this is why me and my husband can walk by faith. And not by sight. Because God took us through some things that we thought that we could not get through. But through us going into the word of God and doing it kingdom's way. I remember when the cabinets didn't have no food, which my dad didn't know, my aunt didn't know, my family didn't know. The freezers didn't have what I was accustomed to them having. And God was teaching me his kingdom. And I'm sitting up there having a pity party. Have you ever had a pity party with yourself? Pitying yourself what you don't have. And, and then you're talking about the wicked ones out there. They got freezers full of food. They could go out to eat. Look at what they're driving. And God, here am I. Can't even find a meal for my family. God, what you want me to do? So God just waited for me to get it out. And then all of a sudden, when the peace of God came, when I can calm down, God began to tell me what he wanted me to do. He said, I want you to get up and speak to the cabinets. See, that's what kingdom does. Kingdom began to speak to the cabinets and bring forth what's not in the cabinets. Kingdom speak those things that be not as though they were. He said, I want you to speak to the cabinets. I want you to speak to your clothes. I want you to speak. And I began to speak. Did I see it right then? No, I felt like a fool. But I said, God, this is what you told me to do. And this is what you have to do. Because I'm going on you and I'm not going on me. Guess what? God raised me up, y'all. God showed me his way of doing things. And the flesh was steady dying. When that flesh get used to God's way, it ain't going to buck up against you like it used to. That flesh going to go with the flow because it's a, the spirit versus the flesh. That's what it is. But when you put that flesh under subjection, that flesh is going to know, oh, no, I can't buck no more. This is what I'm going to do. I remember years ago when I made up my mind I was not going to drink any more sodas. I may have ginger ale every now and then, but mm -mm, I don't have to have it. But I made up my mind I was not going to drink it no more. My body, man, it has some reactions to it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It didn't feel right because that Pepsi pouring it over that ice. Child, that was good. But I made up my mind. I'm not going to drink it no more. It don't faze me. People can drink Pepsis. They can drink Mountain Dews. They can drink Coca-Colas. They can drink Sprite. It, I don't have to have it. Why? Because I put my body under subjection and I told my body, no, you will not have it. So when my body got used to not having it, it don't need it. See, that's kingdom's way of doing things. But when you always say, I got to have it, I got to have it, you are in self mode. You are in flesh mode. So quit using the word of God by Jesus Christ, I'm healed, and still doing what you do. Kingdom don't act like that. Kingdom do what kingdom's supposed to do. And the Bible, the Holy Spirit will strengthen you to do what you're doing. So Jesus was sent and he knew why he was sent to bring the kingdom, but he had to have some followers. Why? Because he was one man. So Jesus had to have followers to do what he was doing. Go back to Luke five. I want y'all to catch this. 
Now, right after Jesus said, this is why I was sent. Look at Luke chapter 5, it says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. Now, what was happening was they didn't catch anything. So they was washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Did y'all notice this? Jesus could at that time went on and done what needed to be done. But what he did, he told Simon, he said, thrust out a little. So what he did, he was here and the people were over here. And Jesus began to teach. What do y'all think he taught? The kingdom. He was teaching them kingdom's way. This is the first thing we have to do is teach kingdom. God's way of doing things. And when we teach God's way of doing things, it's going to be a show and forth for what you taught. So after he got through teaching, this is what he told him. He said, now this is what I want you to do. Launch out. Launch back into the deep. See, what happens is we try to launch out before time. We try to launch out before we get the word of the Lord. Some of us are launching out on adventures that God ain't told you to launch out on because you ain't got enough word in you to be able to launch out into the deep so you won't get drowned. Some of us are going to get drowned first to see that God ain't told us. And that's not what God wants to happen. He wants to instruct you. He wants to teach you. He wants to counsel you with his eye. So you got to go to him and say, Lord, teach me your way, oh Lord. Give me understanding of what you would have for me to do, God, before I do it. Because I'm a know-it-all. I act like I know all things. And one thing is you cannot go on your feelings. Because your feelings want you to feel good, even in the midst of feeling bad. Amen? But God will take, even in the midst of feeling bad, You already feeling good even though your body ain't acting like it. Why? Because king, that's how kingdom operate. You don't wait on that good feeling. You know you already healed even before you feel the good feeling. Because it ain't about the good feeling. It's about what the word says. So he told him, he said, I want you to launch out. Catch this. He said, first thing, see, God give you steps. God ain't going to give you the whole thing. He said, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to launch out in the deep. Now, remember, they had already been out there. He's telling them, I want you to go back and launch out in the deep. And then the next thing he said, let down your nets for a draft. He said, you got to launch out first. Then I want you to let down the net. He didn't tell him to let down the net first. He said, launch out first. Then he said, let down the net. But then this is what happened. Simon, which is Peter answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Check this out. That's us, right? Toiled all night. Turned and tossed all night. I'm still hurting. Turned and tossed all night. My bills still ain't paid. Turned and tossed all night. My youngin still ain't in the house. Turned and tossed all night and I still got cussed out. But this is what Peter said, nevertheless, y'all better catch this, nevertheless, at thy word, 
I will let down the net. Did he not deny himself? He told him, I done went out here all night and told. Y'all see tall? It was man doing it. He was tolling to get it done. And this is what God said when I got to that verse. He said, let go and let God. Oh, y'all better catch that. Because some of you are holding on to some stuff. There go your scripture right there. Peter knew what he had come up against. He knew he hadn't cut nothing and he'd been out there all night and he was tolling. But he said, nevertheless, at your word, at your word, just like Mary, she said, nevertheless, according to your word, be it unto me. Let go, let God. Look at your neighbor, say, let go, let God. Say, let go of what you're holding on to. And let God be God. Say, let go and let God. Say, it's not about you. It's all about him. Say, when are you going to let go and let God? Say, God can't move until you let go. Say, God can't move until you let go. Oh, my goodness. You got to let go and you got to let God. Peter had to let go of his way of doing. Of his way of acting and being. And until we let go and let God, we're going to stay in the same situation. When you let go of it, it will let go of you. Even though it is trying to show up, you have to let it know you're not a part of me. So I ain't babysitting you no more. I'm letting go and I'm letting God and I'm thanking him for what he's already done. Even though I don't feel it, I know it's already done. Because faith come by hearing. And hearing comes by the word of God. So he had to let go and let God. See, this is kingdom. See, kingdom is going to do way above the world. Kingdom is going to show the world I'm above you because I am God. When we bring God's kingdom on the scene, they're going to know it's not you. They're going to know that it's who? That it is God. God is going to show forth himself as the one and true living God. That's what kingdom does. So Jesus was presenting to them kingdom, and by Jesus presenting the kingdom, guess what he did? And when they had done this, y'all hear this? When they had what? When they had done what? What did they do then? They let go. And they let God. It said they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. When are you going to enclose A great multitude of souls. When you let go and you let God in the midst of this pandemic. That's when you're going to see some change. When the church let go of themselves and they grab hold to kingdom. They can live a life in the midst of the pandemic and they can see God move. The Israelites. We always talk about him. Moses had to give up his life. But God had already prepared Moses to be the deliverer. He had already set that in motion, but Moses didn't know. So God had to get Moses ready for what was yet to come. 
See, God already has his chosen people who's going to teach. Who's going to be apostles? Who's, he already have his chosen for the fivefold. Everybody is not going to be in the fivefold. That's why he says some prophets, some teachers, some pastors, some evangelists, some, it's some, it's not everybody. He's not choosing everybody. Look at all the disciples he had. He did not choose all of them to be part of the fivefold. He went to the father and he prayed and then God pulled out the ones that he wanted to be the 12 to represent the lamb. He pulled them out. So look at Moses. He was pulled out. Moses went into Egypt. He went into another world. He went into a place that he was not familiar with because that was not his way of doing. He was a little baby. That's not the way his mom then wanted to raise him. But God told the mother what to do because he had a plan. Sometimes we don't understand God's plan. But God know what's best for us. Come on. What God would send a baby to Egypt? What God would put people in government that ain't right? What? But God got a plan. We got to understand God has a way of doing things that's past our finding out. So God put Moses in Egypt. He raised him, him by Pharaoh's daughter. But before he did it, he had the sister to take him back for that mother to raise him up the way he needed to be raised. And then she sent him to Egypt. But guess what? When a child is little, understand this, in the womb, you need to be speaking over. Matter of fact, thank you, Holy Ghost. If you planning on having children... Before they even conceive, you need to speak those things that be not as though they were. You need to be talking over the child that ain't yet been conceived yet. And say, God, I thank you for this child. I thank you that the child that I will have, God, will be raised up according to your word, according to your will. And then when that seed is conceived and it get in that wound and it begin to grow, y'all know how you put a seed in the ground? You got to take care of that ground first. You're the ground. Before you even think about being married or thinking about having children, you need to prepare yourself. Coming from the word of God, you got to prepare that wound that's in you through the word of God. So that woman, while she's carrying that seed, that seed have to grow. So she have to feed that seed. What she want to feed the seed with? With the word of God. When I was carrying Ariel, the Lord told me, speak wisdom over her. That's all I want you to speak is wisdom. The book of Proverbs. Go in Proverbs. Read Proverbs unto her. I didn't understand, but God said, I want you to speak this wisdom over her. So I said, okay, God, I'll do it. When Ariel was born, I was sitting in church and she was sleeping. This lady touched me on my shoulders. She said, that baby is full of wisdom. She wasn't talking. Then I go in the grocery store and I be holding her and they come up to me and say, oh, she's so full of wisdom. Because I did what God told me to do. She wasn't even speaking. And then when she was little, y'all, when she was going through things in her life, I'll never forget when the teacher was giving her a hard time in kindergarten. And I'm sitting in the classroom as her mother, seeing her go through, but praying and asking the Lord, what do I need to do? Because I knew the lady was treating her wrong. And I said, Lord, show me what to do. So the Lord was telling me, you know, to go to her. I went to her. That didn't work. Take somebody with you. I took somebody with me. That didn't work. I even sent her some flowers. And she said, why are you sending me flowers? 
very hateful. And then I said, this is what I did. I went home and I said, Lord, some people will go to a psychiatrist. I'm going to lay out here on this couch and you're going to be my psychiatrist because I need some help right now, Lord, because feel like I'm floating, Lord. Feel like I want to beat her down, Lord. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want no beat down in this school, Lord. Help me, Jesus. So the Lord began to talk to me and he began to tell me. So how I reached the teacher, I said, tell me. You're doing all you can do in the school. What can I do as a parent at home? Show me how I can help her at home because you're saying she's not catching on. Show me. And she said, oh, you can help her with this. She humbled herself. You know why? Because she was full of pride. She didn't want me to tell her what the problem was, and that's what made her mad. So this woman would come up against me for no reason. And finally, I went to the principal. Even the principal said, oh, she's a good teacher. We never have no problems with her. Da-da-da-da. I've been watching your daughter, and your daughter just stares at her. I said, she stares at her because she don't want to miss anything because she's always coming at her the wrong way. Well, I don't see anything wrong. I said, okay, so I went back to the throne. I went back to the kingdom. I said, God, they don't see nothing wrong, but I see fear here. I see intimidation here. So I began to bind that off of my daughter, and I began to speak over that teacher. But finally, the Lord allowed me to go into the classroom. And when I went in the classroom, she was sitting beside this girl and this other little boy, and the teacher passed out everything, and Ariel finished all her work. She said, Mama, I'm finished. I said, okay, turn it in. She went up to the teacher, and the teacher said, Mom, where's the rest of it? Oh, hateful. I gave you what I gave them. Area, come back. And she said, Mama, I, I don't have it. I just sat there in my mind. I said, Holy Spirit, what's going on? The Holy Spirit said, the little boy she moved took your daughter's stuff to the other seat. So when the teacher came back over there, I said, can I see you for a second? I said, that little boy that you moved, could you see if he took her stuff with him and that's why she couldn't finish? Sure enough, he took it. She didn't say, I'm so sorry. She didn't apologize. This is a kindergartner, a little child. And at that time, see, the devil was after her. He wanted her to be full of shame and intimidation and fear. But I said, oh, no, not my daughter. So immediately I left the room. Y'all, I hated to leave because y'all just don't know. When you see your child being tormented. And she even went to her granddaddy and to her ama, she would call her. And she would tell them, I have problems. She said, I have problems with sinners. If y'all would just pray, I can do better in my sinners if y'all would just pray for that. She was asking them just to pray. And that's what she would tell me. Mama, just pray for the sinners. That's the problem I'm having. Um, not sinners, the centers, C-E-N-T-E-R-S. But she might have been saying sinners. <laughs> that's wisdom, right? <laughs> so... That day, I left that office. Now, I'm going to tell you how the Lord prepare you. When I left the office, I went to the assistant principal. And I sat down with him and I said, I want my daughter moved out of that class, not tomorrow, but today. And if she's not moved, I'm taking this to the board of education. Because I know what the problem is and I want something to calm down, Ms. Bryant. I said, I am calm. And then he said, now this is the thing, where would you like her to be moved? All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gave me my dream. He showed me way back before she started school. 
He showed me in a dream huts. Y'all remember when we went in huts, they considered us as not smart, remember? And I just dismissed it because I said, uh uh, my daughter ain't going in no hut. But then the Holy Spirit reminded me, tell him this is where you want her. And back there in those huts, there was a teacher that was so sweet that took up time. And I, I told him, I said, I want her with this certain teacher. That day, they moved my daughter. They even called in a social worker on my daughter behind my back, right? And they thought that they had the upper hand. So when we met with the social worker, with the new teacher, the social worker said, Miss Bryant, could you tell me what you see that's going on with your daughter? I said, she's intimidated by the teacher. She has fear. And she's watching her because she want to make sure she don't miss nothing. Oh, they were waiting for, for that uh, social worker to say I was wrong. She looked at me, she said, you're right. She said, because I watched her, and that's what's going on. She told the next teacher, she said, take up time with her. Let her get to know you so she'll know that you're here to help her. From kindergarten on up to now, my baby's been carrying a 4.0. Why am I saying this? Her last semester in nursing school was a 4.0. Am I bragging? I'm bragging on Jesus. The reason why I'm bragging on Jesus, because from kindergarten on up to now, I can't help her, y'all. I probably could try to apply myself, but I just say, Jesus, always tell her, call on the Holy Ghost. Baby, call on the Holy Ghost, and I encourage her with scripture. But what am I telling y'all? I have to operate kingdom. I had to get outside of my feelings, because feeling would have beat her down. My husband had to leave his daughter crying while he go to work. And he would call me and I would just pray and send the word to her while she was at school. See, the devil want us to give up on God. He want us to think that God ain't working in our children's lives because things are happening to our children. He want us to think that we have to do what the world is doing. No, we start when they're young. You don't wait till they get 21 and try to say Jesus. Because you're going to have a lot of work to do. Because that seed is already grown. You can't just throw out a scripture and expect them to catch it. Because once they get in them teen, man, once they get in middle, some of them in elementary cussing you out. My son drove a school bus. I said, boy, now you see. He said, them little kids cussing like sailors. He had to stop the bus several times and tell them to sit down and shut up. He said, Mama, these kids, these little kids cussing. He said, I'd rather not drive no bus no more. <laughs> he said, I can't take it. They come on cussing. They leave off cussing. All they know is cuss, cuss, cuss. Because they are reared that way. I don't know where they got it from. Either you or whoever you leaving them with, that's where they got it from. Some of them know how to dance better than adults. Know how to drink better than adults. Know how to smoke better than adults. That's why we need kingdom, y'all. Our kids supposed to know there's a difference between the world and God's kingdom. That's why we share things with them and we let them know. You know that the world does it this way, baby. But look at what God done for you this way. There's supposed to be a different. God will show forth himself. We can't keep trying to protect them the world's way. We have to protect them God's way. 
And it's going to take his word, not you. Who hit you, baby? Mama handle it. I go knock him out. I remember, and I'm still talking about kingdom. Sometimes we'll lose our cool. When my son was working for Food Line, he was already up in his teens. I believe he was about grown, 19, 20. He was having a hard time. They will always put more on him. They will always make it hard for him. And y'all, we would encourage him. We would tell him what the word says and it would calm him down. One day he come in from work. He threw off his stuff. He said, I'll be back. He was blowing like a blowfish. He, he already turned red. He said, I'll be back. We say, where are you going? I'm going back out here and I'm tired. I said, no, you're not. You sit down. Now, y'all, he big. Sit down. That's not the way we're going to handle it. But, oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Mr. James Bryant, he said, I'll go with you. <laughs> so I said, okay, y'all go out there. But now, you, you handle it the right way. He said, okay, I'm going to handle it the right way. So they sit down there talking. <laughs> and this is the first thing my husband said. He was so mad. He said, I'm tired of y'all sexual harassing my son. <laughs> Jeremy said, when did they sexual harass me? So he was so frustrated, he done threw something else up in there. But I'm trying to tell y'all something. God's goodness. It was running after us. Because half the stuff we can't even share with you until God says so. That God brought us through and still bringing us through some things. Why? Because I have to turn to kingdom. I have to seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing things. And guess what? Everything else is going to be added. Because if I'm going to him and saying, God, how you want me to do this? See, sometimes people don't want to wait because they get so tired of people treating them a certain way. Or they feel like, I don't want to do this no more. So you try to find other means and it feel good at the time. But it's not what God wants to do. It's not God's best for you. So God is saying, learn how to seek the kingdom. Learn how to do what the kingdom is doing, not the way the world is doing. If you are intertwining yourself with the world, you're not bringing kingdom. And the enemy know this. He's a trickster. He's a deceiver. So he's going to twist what God is doing. Look at Moses. God had to raise Moses up to be the deliverer. He had to show Moses his power first. He had to show Moses how to go in. He had to show Moses how to come out. He had to show Moses how to lead the people. Moses had to be prepared before he could go back into Egypt and bring them out. And then he went in, but God already told him, this is what's going to happen when you go in. But guess what God had to do? Y'all catch it. He had to show his mighty hand over all of these gods. That's why it was ten plagues. Because God said, I'm going to show you how almighty I am. I'm going to show you that I'm the one and only and true and living God. Moses, you go back. The people were mad at Moses. I thought you said we was coming out. And Moses went back to God. Why? Because he said, God, you told me to go to these people. He said, go back, Moses. Come on, you know Moses was humble. How can he go show his face when he's telling them what God said and it didn't look like what God was saying? But then, the firstborn. That was representing Jesus. 
And when God say put the blood over the doorpost, and when I see the blood, the destroyer will pass you by. Y'all, the price has already been paid for us through Jesus. So whatever come upon this land, when we know that the price has been paid for everything that we don't even know nothing about, it's going to bypass us. Why? Because the price has already been paid. That's why you got to know about kingdom. That, that when they come up with new strands or everything else, it's going to bypass you when you know kingdom. You don't have to sit there and wait on it to happen. Because Jesus already paid the price for it before it came. Y'all don't even know all sicknesses and diseases. Man don't even know all sickness and diseases. When something pop up, they're trying to study it to figure out what it is. That's why they had to cut Willie Head open so many times. Y'all ain't figured it out. And they still don't know about Willie. They still trying to figure Willie out. Even Sister Denise have to slap him upside the head sometime to make sure he there. Y'all know that's a joke. The only one know about us is God. He's the all-knowing God. He knows what's best for us. He's already written your whole life down. So why are you going ahead of God instead of saying it's already written what you want me to do? You already know my destiny. I'm not moving until you tell me to move. And God don't have you to move off no job or anything else without leaving his peace. Y'all didn't know that? He ain't going to take you off no job and you don't leave in peace. What the peace mean? You ain't got no enemies you left. You left in love. You didn't leave in strife. You ain't talking about the people. You telling them how God broke you down through the people. Where you can love the people even in the midst of them being wrong. Because they're going to remember you. See, when I bought kingdom... When I learned about kingdom, the very man that sabotaged me, even with the people in the office, he took my position to get a higher position. And this is how the enemy works, y'all. I fought for a raise for many years for those people. They told me, you can't get one. After they told me, if you bring in 800000 a month, we'll give you a raise. That was brought in. But they wouldn't give me one for them. When that man got in the seat, they gave him a raise. So what did that make me look like? Like I wasn't there for them. I didn't have their back. But the enemy used them to attack me. So see, I had people of my color, my race, attacking me that couldn't even get in the office because they wouldn't put them in the office. But God made a way to get them in the office and then they're going to attack me. They didn't make me supervisor. The one I made supervisor was over me, and I made them supervisor. So I'm one of the little guys. Y'all don't hear what I say. God had to humble me. That very man that sabotaged me, God had me helping him, showing him the ropes. Who does that? Kingdom. The kingdom does it that way. Because the kingdom is different from the world. This man, later through the years... I had called the hospital for my son concerning something. He answered the phone. And he said, is this Amanda? I'm like, oh, Lord, who want to know? He said, I need to talk to you. I said, oh, Lord, what did I do? He said, I've been watching you on Fox. And he said, I went through some stuff that was horrible. He said, but through me watching you, God, help me through you. 
Y'all, see, kingdom was shown because he said, you went through. He even apologized for what he put me. Y'all got to understand. You're supposed to be showing kingdom and not your behind. You're supposed to be showing God's way of doing things and not just being a hypocrite with doing it to say, God loves you and I do too. If your heart ain't right, don't say it with your lips. You got to have your heart and your lips into alignment and you got to do what kingdom does. Even in the midst of flesh hurting, you still don't have no ill will in your heart. God want me to start over again and reteach kingdom. Because the Bible tells us the end is, will come when the kingdom is preached. He want to make sure kingdom is preached the way it need to be preached before the end come because he is long suffering. God don't want nobody to be lost. He want everybody to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God is delaying his coming because he want everybody to hear this gospel. So when he shut the door, he knows who heard and who didn't hear. And when he shut the door, he's not reopening it. Because you had an opportunity through hearing the kingdom. Y'all getting ready to see the sheep separated from the goat. Because God is raising up a remnant in such a time like this that's going to stand according to what he's saying outside of how family perceive you, your husband, your wife, your kids. God said, I'm raising up a remnant because people are lost. And it ain't about title. The titles are put in the church to teach disciples of nations. To send them out so they won't be tossed to and fro. Get over your title finding self. People want people. You can't even go nowhere. You go to funerals. What's your title? Ain't that what to do, man? You don't just get put up there by name. Jesus, that's my title. Jesus. You got to have a title. Because see, they want to respect you. And then some people with a title. Shouldn't have it. But they use that title to get in and out of places and act like that's going to put you somewhere. See, it don't matter. Only thing you need to be doing is teaching kingdom. Everywhere you go, it's about kingdom. And if you don't know about kingdom yourself, who can you teach? Who can you help when you're not presenting the kingdom? Y'all, I'm not. It's more to come. Because we got to see what Jesus did. He did it according to the kingdom. And he did it to show us how it's supposed to be done. If he did it, we're supposed to imitate him. That's what the disciples did. That's what the apostles did. They made disciples, not just disciples, disciples of nations. If you go to China, you're supposed to bring kingdom to China. You're supposed to show China God's kingdom because he created them. You're supposed to show them God's way of doing. Everywhere you go, you're supposed to bring kingdom because the kingdom is within you. You got to let the kingdom out of you. But how can you let kingdom out of you when you think that God ain't with you? He's Emmanuel, God with us. So everywhere you go, he's with you. Quit being scared to open your mouth because you're afraid that you're going to offend someone. 
Better to offend them than for them to die and go to hell. You got to give them an opportunity to change their minds so they can't say they didn't hear the truth. They can't say that they did not know doing these funerals. And y'all, people are just dying. You just don't know. One after another. In the same day. You know, we look at Sonia's mother. She passed. Then right after Sonia's mother, it was, um, who else? Well, it was Nana. Then we look after Nana. Then they go Tanya. Then we look at Mitch's family. He had somebody to die in his family recently. People are dying. We had another person in our family to die. But guess what? When God sent you to proclaim his kingdom, I don't care who funeral it is. You're supposed to tell truth. At Sonia's mother's funeral, and it was cold, wasn't it, Sonia? It was cold, but God was still there. Guess what? I get a message on Messenger, don't know this person from Adams, saying thank you. Because somebody heard it. Somebody heard what God was saying. It may not have meant much to Miracle Temple, because you may get used to it, but somebody heard the word. Because they received the word. And some people say, I ain't never heard it like that before. I didn't know this was. Mm. I never heard it like that. You know why? Because we got church folks living like the world. We got church folks telling the world it's okay to shack because I'm shacking. And I'm still preaching. So it's okay for you to have kids out of wedlock because I had some out of mine. It's okay for you to abort your baby. It's okay for you to be a boy even though you a girl. It's okay. God still love you. It's a, No, it's not okay. And from what I hear, they're coming up with teachers in the classroom cannot say boys and girls anymore. You cannot address them no more as boys and girls. If you do, you're going to get called out. So where is the church? Where is the church? The church supposed to keep silent? The church supposed to sit there and not say nothing? The devil is a lie. I am who I am. You don't let your children come home and say, who am I? Which way do you go to the toilet, baby? Do you sit down or you stand up? That didn't change. Took prayer out of school. Why? Because the devil want to reign and he want to rule. And the church is allowing it. When are we going to rise up? And tell truth. That's all God wants is for you to tell. Don't just try to skip over it. It was one preacher that said this. When they asked them about homosexuality, about them coming in the church, that preacher say they need to have their place and we need to have ours. A big a mega church preacher. One that everybody be listening, some of y'all be listening to. Y'all better hear what these preachers are talking about instead of being up there. Amen. 
Thank you, Jesus. Because if it ain't lining up with this word, you don't need to be listening. God want kingdom. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. And I got news for folk. God is a sovereign God. But he puts you in control of this earth. He gave it to man to rule and reign on his behalf. You his ambassador. You his representative. You supposed to speak those things that be not as though they were. God say, I'm not coming out of heaven. I'm already down here in you. Release me. Quit telling people one thing and you live in another. That's a hypocrite, a play actor, a pretender. It's time. To let go, let God, and it's time for the real ones to be sent, not play actors. So Miracle Temple, it's time for the church to rise up. And if you are not ready to rise up, then you will be separated. Because God is not going to have people to be fooled to say he said and he did not say. How can two walk together? Unless they be agreed. And that's why it's divisions. Division in the church. Y'all come on now. Churches are shutting down. Juke joints. People still partying. I I got one for you. Y'all see how y'all spread it out in here? Everybody see right? How many go to a funeral and you close, too close for comfort? How many is in the funeral just like maggots? But we do have the pulpit. We have an advantage. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are on the pulpit. <laughs> yeah. But how many is in that funeral for sometime two hours? Or an hour and a half? And even if you go outside in the cold, how many is standing beside each other trying to get warm? Hello, somebody. But you can't come in here, spread it out, but you can go to a funeral and touch arms. Ding, dong. You know why? Because people want to show their respect. People show out in funerals and weddings. It need to be some showing out and showing forth in the house of God. Why are we letting go of him, but we're not letting go of everything else? Y'all, this is sad. It's time for the church to wake up. We're the church. This is the building. And it's time for us to rise up and get into this word and live according to this word and quit thinking that we are when we're not. You got to be hearers and doers. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. Do we have any more announcements? Any announcements at this time? We can be there one for another.
And please continue to pray for the families that have lost loved ones, those families that I have called out. Please continue to keep them in prayer and encouraging them and lifting them up in the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Sunday school is every Sunday at 945. Sunday morning worship service is every Sunday at 11. Clem School of Ministry is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You can watch 